Hey everybody, welcome to Bite Me Podcast, episode 185. I'm Cliff Johnson. Today I am joined by my brother Colby. Woo! This is getting weird now. And <laughs> Dylan, the, the dastardly, dastardly didgeridoer. Uh, look at my name. It's true, it is woo. Like, for... for in it actually, defense. to me, it kind of looks like... Woo. Yeah, no uppercase, no exclamation <laughs> point. Have you ever played a didgeridoo? It's a, it's a soft woo. Yeah, yeah. Have you ever played a didgeridoo, Dylan? No. I have. Have you really? I'm, I'm, yeah. a, po- I'm a poser. Yeah, it's okay. <laughs> I'm a didgeridoo poser. Who do you I know had, that has a didgeridoo? I had a friend growing up that had one, and he also had uh, a, a kangaroo skin on his wall. That we once uh, told a girl that it was because it had escaped from the Phoenix Zoo, and if a animal escapes from a zoo, you're allowed to hunt it down, and she believed us. You had dumb friends. Oh, yeah, she was She was the same girl who I told her that Hulk Hogan was my father, and she not only believed me, but told other people about this fact. Wait, 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 wait. Hulk Hogan is not our dad? No, no. <sighs> what? Actually, Ooh, I'm really happy that about sushi, that. brother. I'm actually really glad that Hulk Hogan's not our dad, to be honest. Um, anyway, today, in addition, I guess, to that, we're going to be talking about... Uh, video game preservationists have found an unreleased NES game. And I'll leave it at that. We'll, we'll talk about that a little bit more in a minute. Uh, Warzone and uh, PS5, their announce has been delayed because of the uh, protests that are going on. GeForce Now might be getting some more games, or maybe not. I don't know. It's like kind of a, a double-edged sword with GeForce Now right now. Uh, the Epic Store is so popular that apparently, at least according to Epic, it is actually driving sales on other stores, like on Steam and on consoles. Uh, the next VR Star Wars game is going to be set in Disneyland. Uh, the PlayStation is not interested in PS5 games playing on the PS4, but PS4 games will be required to play on the PS5. So some some kind of interesting logic there. Uh, and there's going to be a new Sonic the Hedgehog movie because one of them just wasn't enough. We've got questions from Vinny, Mr. Polite, Princess Megan, Glitch Bunny, some f- cheap free games, um, and actually a troll corner uh, for a little game called Trackmania who can't decide what kind of game it wishes to be. But first, we're going to talk about the games we've been playing. Dylan, Big Fat Zero. If I had the sad trombone noise like queued up, if this was like... Oh, I guess I, I did. I played a uh, a Cards Against Humanity like game though. Oh, nice. What, which one was it's that? It's called Pitch Storm, which I... is significantly better to Cards Against Humanity because if you know much about me, it's that I don't like Cards Against Humanity very much. Oh, I did not um, know that about you. Um, I think it's fun for about, about it's about fun for about ten minutes, and after that, I think it it wears off, and you should probably move on to another game. But Pitch Storm is a game like that where you still pair cards but you pitch a movie based on those cards oh um, yeah you've told me about this and it's it's pretty it's pretty good um so you have it's simple you have a plot and a character and you have a hand of one of those kinds of cards so you can choose to have plots or characters in your hand so you're gonna put one of those face down so it could be like an old man as your character so you put an old man face down and then you draw a plot randomly interesting so my plot was like an old man who saw aliens 
let's just say I'd watch um, that and now you have 45 seconds or a minute or whatever to pitch that movie to the executive who is kind of the judge for that round and they will kind of green light whichever movie it's pretty simple but i think i like the agency of being able to actually pitch a movie rather than just pairing two cards together and saying haha yeah. that's funny you get a point um it's more of a game that way and i, I like that I'm a big fan of Cards Against Humanity, but I always found that, especially, like, I've only ever been able to play it with, like, one friend group of mine. Um, yeah. Like, to play Cards Against Humanity, you have to be, like, that's not a game you bring out for just randoms. Like, you have to be right. pretty good friends with the people you're playing with. I like and, to play with people's moms. Yeah. That's yeah. the best. The best way to do it. Oh, yeah. It's hilarious. Um, apparently, my mom played it with, like, my aunt and uncle and cousin, which I yeah. can't imagine was it's, just the most weird and awkward thing ever. Oh, it's so funny and awkward and weird. That That is that is the most enjoyment. Like, I'll play it with people who don't know what they're getting into <laughs> um, because seeing them just writhe and cringe when some of those words yeah, come yeah, out yeah. is hilarious. But I, uh, it's I all found... fun and games until you have to tell your mom what bukkake means. Yeah, yeah, that is true. That is really don't true. Don't Google it, please. <laughs> please don't. Please don't. Urban Dictionary it. Um, I, I think that was the, the thing that I found out about it is that it, once you played it with the same group of friends more than about once, you really start to recognize different people's kind of humor. Right. And so, like, you often knew who it was that did it, which kind of made the, the judging of it a little unfair. But Right. Yeah. I, I think there's always just some amount of bias or, yeah, yeah. like sometimes you have that card that is just so good right and it's yep. like this is the literally there's no card in this deck better than this one to play with that one and you do it and they don't get it yeah. and you're like well that just sucks like yep like and that's why it like as a party game it's fine but as someone who likes games a lot and likes like figuring out and like any amount of like there's just zero like it's yeah. just like go laugh i, I yeah. don't know so I'd, i just rather fun, like though. anything else so yeah. like something like pitchstorm where you actually have an agency to be able to like oh i have these two things how do i make that it's like snake oil which is a game like that that i like too where it's like you pair two things together like you have flashy pants and you have to pitch your flashy pants to a pirate why does a pirate need flashy pants well i'm going to tell you sure. it's like that makes the game way more interesting than just pairing giant with wiener like it's like haha it's funny with poop. that's pretty like, that's giant pretty wiener funny poop. okay it's funny but um i would have voted for that dylan yeah <laughs> giant Our... wiener poop 2020 exactly hey before we go any further can you turn down your gain just a little bit dylan me yeah i think it's i don't know you're like super peaky i've always like cranked it down before so yeah that's better uh, yeah i can always like boost you up a little bit in post but like all your peas yeah. are just like boom 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 <laughs> All right, Colby, what have you been playing? We've been playing one thing that's the same, Minecraft Dungeons. Do you want to talk about that first? Do you want to talk about hunting and shooting animals more? I just real quick, like, I, I don't know why I thought about this when you brought up the pitching movie games. Did you ever play, I think it was just called The Movies, that was a PC game? The video game? Yeah. Yeah. It was, was cool. It was like a I, Sims game, right? Yeah, yeah, but you made movies in it. Like, you yeah. literally, you had to, like, do out the scenes and make a movie. I think it's that's fun. really fun. There's yeah. a, another game, and I can never remember what the name of it is. I've played it multiple times. Um, that is set 
as like a stage play like you actually like well, that that's uh, Mario 3 cliff it is that you are correct it is Mario 3 but there's also another one where like the the game itself is almost you acting in a play oh and yeah it's uh it's a 360 game isn't it uh could be like i played it on the pc it's I not I the one that's made by the guys who did castle crashers is it i want to say something it, theater battle block theater it's not battle block theater that game is also fun <laughs> um <laughs> anyway I, I can't remember what it's called but it's it's interesting like it actually they actually give you like scene directions when you're like fighting bosses and stuff and if you do i played like, that on vita yeah, I, think. I don't remember what it's called. It's cool, yeah. though. Um, every time I run across it on my PC, I'm like, oh, that game was fun. And then I'll play like a level and then forget about it forever. So <laughs> if I can remember what it is, I'll put it in the show notes. I shot deer. And cool. I'm mostly deer. Um, Anything else? I, any new animals? Did you shoot any new animals? I shot uh, red fox. Uh, those are really difficult to find because they're tiny. Um, I saw uh, some, some feral hogs. Um, not 30 to 50 of them. I think just, so far only one. three. Um, but uh, past that, no. There's bison somewhere in this map. Can't find those. Just haven't found a bison yet. Yeah, it's it's a new map. Um, so mostly I've just been, uh, there's just like a ton of deer. And I've been, <laughs> uh, been shooting those. That's about it. I'm stuck. There's literally, I'm, I'm on the like third mission. And cannot beat it. You have to get like two deer in this area. Sure. And like I walked in there first, you know, like first three minutes I walk in there. I'm like, oh, there's one. And I shoot it. And past that, I have not seen a single other deer. And I mean, that's probably two hours of gameplay, if not longer, that I just cannot find wow. this other deer. So that that's sucks. been aggravating. I can imagine. But uh, yeah, no, just uh, just slaughtering creators. Good, I guess. Yeah. <clears throat> what uh, What did you think about Minecraft Dungeons? How far are you into it? I guess. First I of all? am. I think about five levels in. Okay, so um, you're further further along than I am. And it is fun. Mm-hmm. Um, I I am enjoying it. I will most likely beat it. Yeah. However, I think I enjoyed River Bond more. Mm. It's the same game. Yeah. <laughs> it is literally like the same game. And I thought Riverbond was a little wackier um, and kind of grabbed me more. This one, single player, has real weird difficulty ramp-ups. You know, and that's what I actually found. So I, I think uh, Carter, my son, is probably about, about as far as you are. He's like a level 13, I want to say. Or mm-hmm. by the time we were done playing, he was level 13. Mm-hmm. Um and I was like level two. And so when we started out, it like I think it's supposed to like match your levels a little bit. And I, I figured it would actually like pull him down to my level, not like I, I think it divisioned you. I think so. And that's what I was gonna say. Is I think it's like the division where it, you know, says, you know, when we were starting out, he was probably level nine, and so it says, Well, a nine and a two, like add those together and you get two fives, right? Yeah. And uh or maybe I don't even know if it did that because Carter wasn't dying and I was dying a lot. A lot. Um, so maybe what it did is left our <laughs> levels the same and bumped the bad guys up to level five. I don't know. And, and so, I mean, I don't think he died the entire game or he died once and I had to res him and I probably died in two levels like eight or ten times and had to have him res me. But that was what I found too is that like fighting one-on-one, one-on-two, one-on-three, super easy. easy. One-on-four? 
gets the, super hard. Get anywhere close to like a monster spawner, super hard. Some of the bad guys, super so hard. The end boss on like the third level yep. that just spawns those like purple things. Yep. I had to cheese that one because like literally it spawns those monsters and I was dead almost. Like I came close to dying if I was anywhere on that screen with them. So I literally had to like go to the edge of the screen and just shoot arrows at yeah. it because they wouldn't follow me, but I could still hit the main guy with arrows. So I mean, I had to do that. There's no way I could have beat that single player yeah. without doing that. Um and yeah, like um there's been a couple times where it's just like here's 12 monsters right here and yeah. You just are, and I know that you're supposed to play that like multiplayer, it's yeah. an online kind of thing, but you also offer a single player experience, and it isn't great because you will just get slaughtered if you are not really paying attention how, and kind of cheesing it. How do lives work when you're playing single player? Because multiplayer, you, you die and then you have, um, a certain amount of time to get resurrected by your co-op player. And then if they don't do it in, I'm going to say it's like probably 40 seconds. Um, then this like knight comes out and resurrects you and actually does harm to your, your co-op uh, partner. So if, if, if the knight has to come out, he reses you and then goes and hurts the other player, like as some sort of like incentive to get over there. Hey, My assumption is that it's actually, it, it's kind of smart when you think about it yeah, yeah. from the standpoint of if you're playing online with randos and they're just not, helping you come back to life they actually pay for that so i don't know i've yet to die in the game oh really okay yeah i've just come real close a lot of times one thing that I do like about it is it does have instead of collecting potions, your potions actually on a on a uh-huh. uh, cooldown nice. timer, which I like. Although that also means that you can't use two potions in a row, which is not mm-hmm. always great. <laughs> yeah, it's it's like one of those kind of it, it's I I very much enjoyed that, but also yeah, like it, playing single player, that's real hard uh-huh. because it was like oh crap, I'm dead. Use a potion, and and especially like I said that that one boss, I used a potion and. Within probably a second, I was down right yeah. where I was before, so I had to run into a corner and just kind of like wait Cower. it out until that you know, uh, you know, it regenerated, yeah, and then I could use it again. And so, like, that is both interesting and not great at the uh-huh. same time. Yeah, I also think it's weird that um, your bows and arrows are, um or your arrows I guess I should say are you have a finite number of them uh-huh um and it's usually more than you need I guess so so the thing that I will say about that that I do not like is that it resets the arrow every level so like I I had like 300 arrows oh I and didn't then I went to that. the next thing and I had like 75 um and so that that wasn't great because no. I it's single player, that bow and arrow is very helpful. Even um, multiplayer, it's yeah. really helpful, to be honest. So. Well, and I, I will say that, like, one of the kind of issues is that the the bad guys, if you, you can see them on screen just barely, they will not see you. So you can take off most bad guys with just the bow and arrow from afar, which is kind of weird like yeah. there's no and have you gotten the power up that's like the attach a firework to your arrows yes 
And that with that, you can literally just go through levels and not have to fight almost anyone. Although I'll be honest, I completely forgot I had it. Mm-hmm. Um, I also forgot that I had like the companion animal that'll mm-hmm. come fight with you. I I just got so used to having a sword or a well, whatever. It's also not explained very well because when I first got those, I'm like, is this a one-use item? Um, and so like I saved it for the longest time until I accidentally used it. Yep. There, there's a bunch of things that in that game don't feel very well explained. Like, um, the different weapons. I'm often not quite sure if this is better or worse or things like that. Like uh, the TNT, the first time I got that, <laughs> I'm like, where am I supposed to take this? What yeah. am I doing with this? I'm just carrying around this TNT in my head. And then I went to use my bow and arrow. I'm like, oh, maybe you should have said something about that. Well, and the TNT multiplayer is insane yeah. because it damages you and your co-op partners. And the area of effect is literally the entire screen. I mean, it's not, but it's probably, well, and the it's first a circle time... that's probably 60% of your screen. The first time I got the TNT, I was in with those spiders uh-huh. that can fling webs at you. And so I throw the TNT, and then it immediately throws a web at me. I'm like, oh, uh-huh. well. <laughs> and that TNT doesn't quite kill you, but it comes real close. Yep. Absolutely. So, yep. Like it's... I said, I think it is fun. I would also say that if you know you enjoy that, River Bond is very fun. I enjoyed it very much. I like River Bond is... a lot. Very similar. My only complaint about Riverbond, and I think they're both Game Pass games. Riverbond at yep. least was a Game Pass game. It I'm not sure is, it still I just is. Checked. Um, the only complaint I had about Riverbond is that the levels are really big, uh-huh. and there's no saves. No in them. saves. So, like, you have to sit down and be willing to play for an hour without uh-huh. saving, or else you start <laughs> yep. over. And it yep. doesn't do a very good job of telling you. Oh, that. it does not tell you that at all. The first time I played, I'm like, oh, is this like a roguelike where I have to see how far I can get into it until uh-huh. I finally, like, an hour later, hit a boss, and I'm like, uh, oh, okay, well. Yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah. It's a uh, I've kind of forgot about Riverbond though. I played the first level and was like, "Oh, that was really fun, but man, that having to play for an hour sure sucks." Uh-huh. But now that you say that, they are they are similar. Um they're both just good kind of like family-friendly Diablo clones. The one thing that I will say that I enjoyed about Riverbond that this doesn't do is Riverbond had destructible environments. Yeah, it does. And Minecraft does not. Yeah. And I think that that would have very much been like, even if it was like, oh, you can destruct environments to get health or things like that. Yeah. I, I, the first thing I did was like, I'm going to, you know, knock this down and just couldn't. And I'm like, oh, well, yeah. Okay. For a game that is all about knocking things down. Mm -hmm. um, I will say though, that if you have a child, uh, probably I do. You do. Um, your child does not love Minecraft, though. No. No. Um, this is a good, like, game to play with your kids if they love Minecraft because they'll... It's not super hard. It's not gory. It's not whatever. Um, and you'll probably enjoy it, like, as an adult playing it, and they'll enjoy it because it's Minecraft. So I uh, was playing it last night, and I turned it on, and my kid went, can we play the other game? Meaning The Hunter. So, you know, that's for my kid, then. <laughs> Well, you know, it's all good. It's all good. Uh, the only other game I've been playing is uh, Mass Effect Andromeda. It's it's still good. Like, it's spacey and Mass Effect-y. And 
I don't know. It's I, like I'm very much falling into the trap that I thought I was going to fall into where you can apparently beat that game in like 15 hours or 19 hours or something. And but to complete it is like 60 hours and I'm 30 in. So my guess is I'm going to come way closer to 60 hours than I am. I mean, obviously I didn't make it in 18 or 19. So, um, you know, it's fine. Like the only weird things I've noticed this time playing it is, so you always have two co-op partners. You've got these two people that come on all the missions with you and, and they're pretty unobtrusive. Um, except in comp, well, they do two things. Like, first of all, when you're riding around in the Mako, um, and like I will say the Mako in this game is awesome and it's awesome in a way that other video game developers should pay attention to. Um, it's a vehicle that can literally drive almost anywhere. It has like a regular drive train and then it has six wheel drive. And when you engage six wheel drive, it's a lot slower, but you can literally like drive up the side of a mountain with it. But it also has like a power boost button you can push. So if you're trying to drive up the side of the mountain, you just can't make it. You can turn on like the jet engines and you'll just like zoom your way to the top. So even though the terrain is kind of crazy, you can drive almost anywhere you want to. So if you're one of those people that like spent a bunch of time in Skyrim, like trying to like bunny hop up the side of mountains instead of going around <laughs> the obvious way on the path, like the Mako is your, your friend, but also the Mako has like bottom thrusters. So it can also jump. So, like, anywhere you want to go in this thing, you can probably get there, which is which is pretty cool. Um, but it's nice to have the companions because they're the ones, like, talking in the background as you drive places. So that gives you, like, a little bit of, a little bit of, like, narrative and a little bit of chatter that you can listen to as opposed to just driving. Um, but the, the weird thing about them is that they're actually pretty good in a fight. Like, they will come out and really kind of wreck the guys you're fighting, which is cool as opposed to often when you have those companions where it just seems like it's a bunch of stormtroopers shooting at each other until you like get there and actually shoot things like I think if I engaged the enemy and did not do anything my team would kill all the bad guys without me having to actually shoot which is kind of kind of interesting because that's not how a lot of video games are but the weird part about it is I think they tried to fix the problem with like pathfinding in your companion AI where they get stuck on things, they get lost or they get left behind by just, if you get too far away, they just warp them directly to you. And I think the idea is they were supposed to warp like directly behind you, but sometimes they miss and they'll warp in like 20 feet in front of you, which is really strange to all of a sudden just have these like two AI characters just go like bloop, bloop. I'm like, how did you guys get up there? And they're like, don't, don't worry about that, man. But like today, mm -hmm. I I literally opened a door. I'm standing in the doorway, and all of a sudden they're like bloop bloop. I'm like, how did you how did you guys get inside? And and why did you fall from the ceiling? And they're like, no 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 no, you didn't you didn't see anything. It's fine. But yeah, besides that, it's fine. I mean, and even did that, you, it's fine. Whatever. Um, did you get on Twitter and threaten anyone from? Bioware? I didn't, uh, mostly oh. because I actually thought it was kind of funny. <laughs> like, <laughs> yes, I guess it pulled me out of the... I mean, I'll be honest, like, I saw that and was like, <laughs> that's kind of funny. But then later I was talking to, like, an NPC, and for some reason both of my companion characters, like, climbed up on the couch next to him, <laughs> like, standing there. Like, one of them had, like, a foot on the cushion and a foot on the back of it, and that took me out of the game way where I'm like, what are you guys... Why are you standing on that couch? That's super weird. This is how we do it in space. <laughs> like, so, I don't know. Maybe I'm just not... 
that guy, I guess. <laughs> Whatever. <laughs> it's fine. <laughs> um, but Mass Effect, it's like I said, it's fine. You can probably get it for free or like $3 a bunch of places. And if you're looking for like a space RPG to play, it's great. I'm having a good time with it. I'm sure I'll, I'll probably beat it in the next two weeks, I would guess. And we'll see where so, we go next. Let's say they put out a DLC that was... $15. Sure. That fixed all of the wonky animation. Yeah. And made it, you know, think, would you buy it or would you not care? I don't think I'd care. Like, <laughs> it's, I guess the thing is, is I, I don't think it's any, I mean, this is going to be not a great comparison, I would guess, but I don't think the game itself is any wonkier than like Fallout 4. Um, like, I mean, we had we had some really weird problems. Do you remember when we very first started playing The Division 2? Where there'd just be, like, buckets, like, suspended four Floating. feet in the air. Or, like, um, like posters that were supposed to be, like, attached to light poles that were three feet to the left of the light pole. And just sitting there, like, floating and, like, waving in the breeze. And, I mean, there'd be entire rooms you'd walk in into The Division 2 where every single like placeable in the room was floating two feet <laughs> in the air. So like, I mean, like I've said, the, the worst animation problem I think this game has is there's, there's a couple that are just like the character models are kind of low fidelity, but they're characters that you'll talk to for two minutes. So who yeah. cares um, when you populate a world full of literally hundreds of characters, like whatever it happens. Um, and the main character, I think, looks just kind of, like, starry-eyed clueless a lot of the time. Like, her, her characters are just, like, her model is often just makes me feel like she's, like, staring slightly off camera, like, mouth slightly agape in just awe of something. And then I'm like, hey, 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 we're over here. It's okay. <laughs> but besides that, it's fine. I mean, I guess, like, I wouldn't pay $15 for something that fixed everything, but I guess maybe... Five? Five, okay. I guess. I mean... I. I'm sure there are a lot of people that would say yes, they'd pay 15. Well, you know, now no, I no, say that I was actually going to say, like, yeah, they they demand you paid them 10, but. Yeah. It's fine. I, I mean, and that's what I wonder. Like, I played it a little bit, but, like, I played it two plus years ago, two years ago. Yeah. I And, like, I don't remember it being awful, but I, I remember people really complaining about that, and I just didn't know if it was, like, one of those things that it was, like, oh, wow. Is it, like, super noticeable, or is it no. just like, oh, okay. I honestly think knowing what I know about how, like, what video games you like and how you play video games, I think you'd really like it, and I think you'd put, you'd probably put 120 hours into it, honestly. Oh, yeah. I, I played it, I like, it, I think I put seven or eight hours into it. Yeah. And I just, uh, I think at the time, just wasn't in the mood for that kind of game, and so yeah. kind of dropped off of it. But yeah, same. And I, I've really, I've really enjoyed it. So I guess give Mass Effect a try. It's, it's on EA Access is where I got it for, I guess quote unquote free. Um, but like I guarantee you, like if you want to do some sort of weird, like pick up at a GameStop or something, you could probably pick it up used for like five dollars. Oh guess. yeah, like I mean, I when I bought it, and again, this was I think within six months of it coming out, I paid 
twelve dollars yeah, for it. It's so. super cheap. So I actually may own a physical copy Just of it too now. Now that I think about try it. Try writing EA, they may send you one. Yeah, it's it's that's a very there's a landfill somewhere oh. in New Mexico that's just full of Mass Effect Andromeda. All right. Dylan, please. News. Thank you, sir. I appreciate it. Uh, so <laughs> I'm going to say like last week, uh, a bunch of video game like preservationalists w- was, like started teasing on Twitter. They're like, hey, guys, <clears throat> we found a, a Nintendo game unreleased that that we've got the source code for and we're going to get it up and running, like start guessing what it is. And I was going to say the internet erupted, but I mean like a very small portion of the internet that's super into game (laughs) preservation erupted and people just guessed and guessed and guessed and guessed and guessed. They're like, okay, one person has gotten this right and they got it kind of like tangentially right. So, you know, you guys are close, but no cigar. And the answer actually ended up being a Days of Thunder video game. (laughs) So I saw this on the notes and I didn't go, are we talking about like the movie? Absolutely. Sweet. Yeah. Um, (laughs) The the interesting thing about this is though, is there was actually a Days of Thunder video game released. Um, So Mindscape, which if you go back a little bit, um, was a pretty big publisher in the like 80s and 90s. They actually released a Days of Thunder game, but they actually like, I'm not going to say commissioned, paid for the development of two Days of Thunder games. The first game, the one that just got found, just got canceled for what they say unspecified reasons. Um and so the developer whose name was um, Chris Oberth, uh, he also developed a game called Anteater from the NES and Inter- and uh, Winter Games for the Commodore 64, which I'm pretty sure you and I used to play. I think that was Winter Games was one of the ones that used to like break yeah, yeah. joysticks. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, to run, you'd have to like slam your joystick back and forth and eventually it would just break them. Like literally eventually our dad would just like, you cannot play Winter Games, you cannot play Summer Games. We cannot afford more joysticks. Um, he was the developer of that, so he was um, commissioned, I suppose. I, I don't know how that worked back in the day to build a Days of Thunder game. Got it like ninety nine percent of the way done, and then it just got canceled. And another game developer created a completely separate version of Days of Thunder, and that was one that was released. So Oberth died in twenty twelve, and then this year. Uh, the Video Game History Foundation acquired a bunch of stuff. Like, that's just what they do. They acquire old floppy disks. They acquire old computers from game developers and then auctions and stuff and just hope there's something on it that's interesting. They've unearthed a lot of interesting things that way. And they found 40 floppy disks, and one of them was labeled Nintendo Hot Rad Taxi Final. (laughs) And so... They took all the data from these floppy disks. They, like, had to do all sorts of, like, I mean, floppy disks don't hang around for a long time. Like, those are not, that's not a stable way to store anything. But they were able to digitize it. They were able to unencrypt it and then actually turn it into a video game. And they're now going to release it on GitHub with the permission of his family. So I would assume 
if you can't already, relatively quickly, you'll be able to pop a unreleased Days of Thunder game into an emulator and play it, which is kind of awesome. Like I, I think does the work Nintendo they do is cool. Seals of approval. On it, it absolutely does not have Nintendo so it's, seal it's, of approval. It's not coming in a, a gray case. Absolutely not. It's going to look like you bought it at a swap meet in <laughs> 1988. It's going to be purple. It uh, will probably have something mis. It'll probably actually not say Days of Thunder. It'll probably no. say Nintendo Hot Rad Taxi Final on the front. So, and- so I just looked up Days of Thunder. Yeah. Because, and I, I just have three things that I want to point. Sure. Out. One, Tom Cruise's name in that is Cole Trickle, which is That's- a great. Fake name. That is not a good name. That's also, absolutely not a great name. Do you know who plays Buck Bretherton in it? I have never seen Days of Thunder, so no. John C. Riley, which means that John C. Riley is in Days of Thunder and, and Talladega Nights. Interesting. Which I enjoy. But the thing that is totally unrelated is on the sidebar, there is like lists that people make. And one of those lists is Movies I Own, which has <laughs> 41 titles on it. And I just enjoy that, that someone's like, oh, I should make an IMDb list of movies I owned, and I own less than 50 titles. <laughs> you should make an IMDb list of movies you own. Call it to be like 897 movies. <laughs> it is. No, it's a lot more than that, Cliff. <laughs> That's amazing. A lot more than that. I, uh, I, <laughs> I, I think kind I'm of... close to 2,000. Wow. What makes me wonder is, you know, they got the permission of uh, the family to release this game. Do they have to get the permission of the, like, movie studio to make a, uh, like, this is an unauthorized video game now based off their movie? I'm interested in the, like, legal licensing of that. It's probably, they'll probably release it on GitHub. It'll probably get shut down the next day. (laughs) Oddly, Days of Thunder is now owned by Disney, most likely, so. Probably. Yeah, I, I never saw that one. Did I miss anything? Uh, I don't think so. <laughs> All right, next up, uh, you probably have noticed there's a little bit of um, protesting going on, just a smidge. Like, I, I haven't been outside or looked at any sort of media. Tell yeah, me. Yeah, well, if if you have not been outside and have not uh, been online at all, um, there's some protests going on, and by some, I mean. There's one happening every single state right now. There's probably one happening right now somewhere, and it's probably... Oh, there is. Trust me, I'm on Twitter. It's probably interesting. Go go watch some stuff. Anyway, um, because of that, the uh, PS5 announcement that was supposed to happen yesterday and the um, Call of Duty Modern Warfare Warzone and Mobile Season announced were both uh, delayed. And, like, the only interesting part about that is just the gamers like gamers man <laughs> like it's just anytime i think anytime that you go like i'm angry because of something and that something is a video game like just take a deep breath and then don't post that anywhere <laughs> I, like, like i think the funny thing is is i am a gamer like i have been playing video games for i'm gonna guess roughly 35 years yeah I don't think I've ever, like, really posted in, like, anything like that negatively no. about a thing. Like, because I just, like, I don't, I don't care. Right. Like, I, I guess the thing is, is, like, 
if you are if you call yourself a gamer and you don't have at least 40 titles in your backlog right now like i question the, the question if you're a gamer or not like if like i get it that you want some good news i get it that you want to know what the playstation's doing i get all of those things but like get some context man <laughs> like boy the world's on fire and you're yours yeah i don't know I don't know. Anyway, that's all. Star about 2020. Yeah, I think so. I think so. Uh, I'm going to just, that's all about that for now. It's gross. People suck. Um, I saw that. I'm like, I I saw them make that announcement. I saw like 400 comments on their Facebook page. I'm like, oh, shouldn't go read that. (laughs) No, I I did. And you know what I did? Went and read that. I know. Just like walked away going like. Oh, shouldn't read that. Yeah, humanity, man. Yeah, I I dipped into the the PlayStation Five one and then saw the Call of Duty one. I'm like, I've learned a lesson. <laughs> All right. Uh, so GeForce Now, you guys may have heard about that. We've talked about it a few times. I am actually a founder. I pay for that monthly, apparently. Um, <laughs> as you do. Um, I don't. Have you started paying yet? Nah, it, it, I'll start getting billed this month for it. I think so. It's like the six, so I got to decide if I want to keep getting billed for it or not. I'm kind of on the fence. Um, so GeForce Now is the uh, NVIDIA stream from the cloud type solution where you can, uh, but it's the right one. It's like the one that did it right, where you can actually load your Steam games up to a server in the cloud and then stream to your phone or to, yeah, stream to your asterisks, you know. Um, And it's cool and it works well. The couple games I've played have, have done good things. The downside is, is of the like, I don't know, thousand Steam games I have, like, 20 of them actually work and they have been removing them at a pretty rapid pace as developers go like, Hey, we don't want our games on your service. So it actually, instead of the list getting bigger as you assume it would, the list is actually beginning smaller. Um, and then, which is, which is a bummer. And so, uh, GeForce now actually switched their model to not just like, hey, we'll put games that work on the system. It's we'll put games that say they want to be on the system on the system, which is probably the smarter way to go about things. And to support that, uh, Steam this week actually released a uh, like a software update for developers that actually lets them essentially check a box that says, I want my game on GeForce Now, which I'm excited about just because up until now, most of the games on GeForce Now have not been ones that I actually want to play. It's a lot of like triple A first person shooter, third person shooter games that I would way rather just play on my Xbox. And I'm hoping that this enables a lot of the smaller, more indie games that I actually do want to play, like with a controller hooked up to my phone or a controller hooked up to my iPad, not necessarily on my PC. Um, and I'll be able to play those via GeForce Now. And I mean, like to me too, like the, the big bone of something like that is like, I have a little teeny media PC hooked up to my television, but it does, it can't run a video game, but it would be able to run GeForce Now. So if there was a game... Uh, that I wanted to play on my TV, I could play it on on GeForce Now, assuming they bump the number of games up a little bit. So it's kind of a it's kind of a double edged sword where it's it's a bummer that I think a bunch of games will probably drop off of it, but hopefully over the next two or three months we'll actually see a bunch of games get added to it as uh, more indie developers can just kind of check a box and say, hey, we want to put it on here. We made sure it works and we'll go forward. So I think it could be it could be good or bad. I don't know. What do, do you guys have any thoughts about GeForce Now? 
don't know. Like, yeah, it just seems like GeForce later. Yeah. <laughs> Every time GeForce like is like, hey guys, like. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I think the thing is, is for someone like you, Cole, who doesn't have a gaming PC, you just keep bringing this up. At well, some point, this is shaming me. Cole. No, no. I mean, I, the thing is, is like. No, I don't. Yeah, it, I it mean, would be awesome. It would be cool to have one. Um, to me, like this is something that maybe could benefit you though from the standpoint yeah. of you get a bunch of free games every month from the Epic Store. You get a bunch of free games. Like if you're paying attention, there are a lot of PC games to be had that you don't even need to pay for between yeah. Epic and good old games and humble. Or all the ones I've and, paid for in the past. Yeah, or all the ones you've play. paid for exactly. Um and this would be a really good way for you to be able to play those pretty easily um without a lot of of work. And I mean, even from the standpoint of, and I don't know if this is possible now or possible yet, but like they just announced a new um, Raspberry Pi that actually has like eight gigs of RAM and 64 bit um, processor support. So it would actually be able to run pretty modern operating systems in theory. Like it's not going to run Windows, but. If you could run GeForce Now on something like that, plug it into your TV, all the processing, I mean, really all it needs to be able to load is a web browser in theory. Um, maybe that would be My a TV can open a web browser. Can I just play it through that? Maybe. But I mean, I think that's the thing is, is like, I, that's, that's where I want these systems to get to, to the point where yeah. it is just an app I install on my TV and I can play video games on it. That, that to me is the, I, I don't know where you're going to plug in your controller, but I mean, I guess the Stadia controller it, in theory just, you know, hooks up somewhere else or it does something like runs on a Roku or runs on a, a Google Chromecast, Chromecast or a Amazon fire stick or something. I think that there's, I really believe there is a, a market for these and I believe there is a way that it could be successful. No one's just quite like Stadia hasn't really nailed it yet. GeForce now hasn't really nailed it yet, but I think GeForce now is the model that I want to be successful. I mean, like yeah. honestly, I think xCloud is going to be the model that works because I'm yeah. sure game pass games will be on it, but I don't know. We'll see. It's something definitely to keep watching. So keep an eye on GeForce now. Although I would say probably more like keep an eye on GeForce now, like, three or four months from now as this stuff starts to kind of, well, I, yeah, I mean, either I'm going to be $20 <laughs> into this and nothing's going to happen or like it's going to start to trickle in three or four months from now. So we'll see. Uh, speaking of the Epic store, it, according to uh, Tim Sweeney, that's who I want to say, right? The, the head of Epic is so popular now that it's free game sales. Um, like they're doing this month where they're giving away Civ and all that stuff are actually driving sales on other platforms. So when they give a game away, uh, they, his, his, uh, his example is he says, um, you're not going to go out and buy if you're not into games like Satisfactory. You're not going to go out and spend money to buy Satisfactory. Satisfactory is like literally a factory simulation <laughs> like where you make factories um and and wait wait oh okay i like i was just for a second i thought you meant it was a where you had a factory and were making, making other, other factories. factories i'm like wait what it's okay. like when you buy a 3d printer and then <laughs> yeah. you print a 3d printer and you return yeah. your 3d printer <laughs> i was just i was very confused for just That's a, a second idea. right <laughs> um but he says but if you get it for free you realize it's an awesome game People have discovered a lot of games that way. He said, most developers who launched their games for free on the store found that their sales on Steam and on console platforms actually increased after they went free on Epic because
because of increased awareness. And so it's been a really positive thing. It's brought tens of millions of new users into the Epic Games ecosystem. And that's been a wonderful thing for Epic, obviously. But it sounds like it's a good thing for Epic and a good thing to, for developers, which is kind of interesting. Um, the other interesting side of this is he said they, they really noticed, you know, they watched um, other markets like good old games, like work and work and work and work and struggle. And through all that, good old games only makes up about half a percent of the video game sales marketplace. And so they realized they had to do something really big in order to take on Steam. And in between all the exclusives they've done, all of the free games they've given away, they actually own about 15% of the new game market share now. So, like, like Epic Game Store, don't like Epic Game Store, like I to some degree believe that competition in this space is probably good. Um, and I mean, I think you've already seen things like they've spent, Steam just launched a new version of Steam. They haven't launched a new updated version. Of, I mean, Steam updates all the time, but like the look of it is very, very different than it was six months ago. And that's the first time I think they've done that ever. And so I, I have to believe that increased competition from from the Epic Store is is causing that, and I like the fact that Epic gives game developers a bigger cut than Steam does. So, yeah, it's uh, I think Epic overall is a positive force, even if you even if you never buy a game there, even if you hate them, they're probably still a positive force on game publishing and uh, game purchasing. So. Yeah. <clears throat> Yeah. All right. Next up, the next Star Wars video game, which is uh, the sequel to um, oh the Darth Vader VR game, is going to be set. Um, I, I said Disneyland in uh, in our little intro, but it's actually going to be set in Galaxy's Edge, which is the Star Wars land at Disneyland and uh, Disney World, which is kind of interesting. So um, <clears throat> apparently. Uh, according to Vicky Dobbs, who is the executive in charge of, this is the name of their studio, and I, I don't know exactly how you pronounce that. It's I L M X L A B. Do you think it's I M I L M by L A B or I L M by Lab? I don't know. Are we talking about Elon Musk's kid? Oh! <laughs> anyway. She says, we are so excited for fans to step into Star Wars Tales from the Galaxy's Edge later this year. This action-packed adventure not only speaks to the promise of connected and complementary experiences by extending the lore around Black Spire Outpost, it represents another meaningful step into their quest to transition from storytelling, one-way communication, to story living, where you're inside a world making consequential choices that drive your experience forward. Um... I talked to Vinny about the Darth Vader VR experience. My my kid played the VR uh, Darth Vader experience, and both of them said it was absolutely incredible. Um, I'm really looking forward to being able to walk around Galaxy's Edge a little bit too. Like it, uh, I'm the only one of the three of us that's been there, right? Dylan, you oh you were gonna go in April, but you didn't get to. I'm sorry, man. Correct. I, I I feel bad. Um, it's amazing. I've been to the one in Walt Disney World and the one in Disneyland, and it's it's amazing. It's like walking into a Star Wars movie. So getting to play a game set there will be interesting because I think you'll already, if, assuming you've been, you're going to be kind of familiar with how it looks and how it lays out and what's there. Um, and like I said, I mean, we said this, or I said this in the last episode, um, I want to be able to walk around Disneyland in VR, and like this is... This is my first step into getting to do it. So we'll see. That's coming out, I think, later this fall, as I recall. So keep your eyes out for that. Okay. Um, PlayStation did not do its announce. Um, 
because the world's on fire. But they did... Uh, this is an interesting... This is interesting to me. Um, so let me know what you guys think, okay? So Xbox has come out and said every... Every game launched for the Xbox Series X, um, at least at first. I don't know if this will be true in 2025, but initially all games launched for the Xbox Series X will also play on your Xbox One, your Xbox One S, and your Xbox One S. So um, essentially like a PC, if you have a big spanking fancy PC, it's going to run, it's going to look great. It's going to run at 4K, 60 frames a second, whatever. It's going to look fantastic. But if you have an older PC like mine, it's still going to run. It's going to run at, you know, 1080, 60 frames a second or 1080, 30 frames a second. And if that's the PC you own, then, you know, that's all right. No big deal. Um, and the Xbox is going to run the same way, which... I. Looking forward, we have no idea how that'll work out. In my head, I think that's nice. It could lead to slower adoption of the Xbox Series X. Who knows? But if you own an Xbox now, that's probably, I would guess, good news, right? Does that does that seem fair? Yes. Um, PlayStation, on the other hand, has said they have absolutely no interest in doing that. Um, they believe that next generation games should make the most of the new console and its advanced features. Uh, Jim Ryan, who's the PlayStation CEO, says, we believe that when you go to all the trouble of creating a next generation console, that it should include features and benefits that the previous generation does not include. And that, in our view, people should make games that can make the most of these features. So you will not see... if I guess if there are PS5 games that come out that are backwards compatible to the PS4, they will be separate releases. So there will be a PS4 version of the game and a PS5 version of the game, kind of like how it's happened on every other console. But my guess is that what that actually means is you'll see a very, very rapid fall off of PS4 games um, and PS4 as a platform like you have for the PS3 and the Xbox 360, where the support for it just kind of had a hard end and then the console dies relatively quickly after that, which... I don't know. It always seems like kind of a bummer, but we'll see. Um, the interesting thing is, is that Sony is on the flip side of that saying that if you certify a game after July 13th, so starting in a little more than about a month and a half, if you run a game through the Sony certification process, which all video games need in order to be published on the platform, you have to make sure that it'll also work on a PS5. So, um, that means games like The Last of Us 2 and The Ghost of Tsushima will also have to run on a PS5. And every game made in the next, assuming, let's let's pretend that the PS5 comes out in November. That means that every game published on the PS4 for the next five months will also have to come out on the PS5. But with no backwards comp compatibility, that means developers have to have two versions of their game. So there will be a PS4 version of every game and a PS5 version of every game if you want to launch on the PS4. PS5. No, if you want to launch a game launch on the oh, PS4. Okay, okay, it, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Which seems like kind of crappy. <laughs> like, that also means you have to buy PS5 development kits. It means yeah. you have to dual certify. It means that you have... And I, I would guess that'd be going forward, which means that there will be no games released on the PS4 now in the next month and a half that are not released on the PS5. Um, which means that if you had a game that you've been working on for two years that 
you had planned on releasing, say, any time in the next year, year and a half? Because there are games. I mean, there are games that come out a year into kind of like a quote-unquote dead system's life cycle that don't make it to the new system. You have yeah. to do it for this. So I think it's a... I think it's a very strange, like, double-sided, like, we want this both ways, but only in ways that inconvenience developers. Yeah. Um, and, like, I don't know if that means you have to pay for PS5 certification separately either. Like, I don't know what that process is. I don't know if it's just like, hey, we're certifying a game, it runs on the PS4 and PS5, and it's a checkbox. Or if it's like, hey, we're running this game through PS4 certification. Hey, we're also running this game through PS5 certification. So kind of an interesting I don't want to say backwards because I don't I can't disagree with the idea that new games should look great and run on a a cool new platform and take advantage of everything it has to offer but like that's not how PC games have been developed ever um and I I think it's really weird that they're like you have to do it our way both ways around so I don't know you guys have any thoughts it seems really strange (laughs) like it just I don't know yeah, that was exactly what I thought about it too. It just seemed like having your cake and eating it. Yeah, but whatever. I mean, the only people who get screwed in this are developers. Like yeah. PlayStation makes out, and gamers, in theory, uh, make out. I guess assuming that the games that come out with that PS Five certification actually are good or run well. Um, yeah. I don't know. Guess we'll see. Um, I guess the good news is that does mean that if you want to hold off on Ghost of Tsushima or uh, The Last of Us 2 until the PS5 comes out, there will be a version of that game ready for you when it happens. So I guess that's cool. Uh, Finally, one Sonic the Hedgehog movie was just not enough. Um, Have any of you guys seen it yet? No, no. Apparently it's done pretty well. It did really well. Um, I think it had like a... Did it get a brief theatrical release? Oh, yeah. It got a theatrical Barely. release. But like a week or two of theatrical, right? Yeah. And then went straight to VOD? Yeah. I, I want to say. Like, I mean, I think it was barely in theaters. I, I remember, like, because I saw Onward, like, yeah. the week that COVID hit real bad. Like, right before they shut everything down, I was stupid and went to a movie theater. But I survived, so it's okay. Um, and I think I kind of had the choice of seeing... Uh, Onward or uh, Sonic, and we chose to see Onward instead because we figured it was probably a better movie. Yeah, probably so right, sure. so it probably had uh, two weeks. That's what I'm gonna in say. Theater, yeah, because it was released February 14th, and yeah, two to three weeks depending on which state you're in. Exactly. So, um, but it did pretty well, and when it went to VOD, I think it did quite well. So, um. I would say a, a, a movie with a slightly troubled uh, history uh, initially, if you'll oh, wow. remember. Uh, it did real well. Really? What did it make? Well, it had an $85 million budget, and it made three hundred and almost $7 million. How much that $85 million budget was um, them having to redo Sonic? That's what I wonder. Like, I mean, that's just, yeah. I mean, the thing is, is I would guess that more likely had probably closer to a like $100 million budget. Million yeah. Oh, no. Because, I mean, With like, marketing. once you figure in, like, marketing yeah. and stuff, I would guess that you're probably looking at somewhere between 150 and 180 on that. Yeah. But. All I really know about that, that, uh, 
that movie was that gamers flipped out when they saw what Sonic the Hedgehog looked like. A uh, animation studio in Vancouver worked like 17, 18 hour days for months and months and months to fix it. And then they finished and the the parent company of that studio said, hey, thanks, guys. We really appreciate that. And then let them all go. So were they the same one that also did Cats? Uh, no, I think those were two separate animation studios that that happened to. So, cool. <laughs> I'm just going to suggest if you work in an animation studio and you're not part of a union, that you just might want to think about look, that. Look into <laughs> like, it. Just, just like passingly look into that as an idea, maybe. Um, anyway, so uh, Jeff Fowler, who was in charge of the 2020 film, is returning to direct its sequel with a script from uh, Pat Casey and Josh Miller. I do not know who they are. Uh, the movie has been confirmed with uh, both Paramount and Sega, so this is happening. It's still in development stages, so I don't know if it's going to be Jim Carrey again. I mean, maybe Jim Carrey dies tragically in this movie. I don't have any idea. Um, I assume the, the only person we know that is going to be in it is Sonic the Hedgehog. So I don't know. Maybe maybe I'll try and watch it between now and uh, next week. When two comes out? Yeah. No, I, I'm going to say like I'll try and watch it before next week. I will give you my impressions of Sonic the Hedgehog. No movie night. Oh, it'd be perfect. I think I have a a uh, a copy of it. Um, we could we could do a synced plex uh, lets you sync movies now. We could watch together, Cole. We could talk while we do it. It's four bucks on Prime Video. I guess we could just pay four dollars for it and watch it on Prime Video too. That would be a a slightly more legal way of doing that. James Marsden has to get paid, Cliff. Wait, James Marsden the wait Cyclops? Yes. Oh, I was thinking I was thinking the guy from Buffy the Vampire Slayer. I don't remember what his name is. Something like that, James. James something. The guy who played Spike. Whatever. You act as if I've seen a single episode of Buffy. Oh, Buffy's such a good TV show. Um, movie's not great. TV shows at least was good. The it, original Buffy the Vampire Slayer movie, Cliff? Come on. No. no. Christy Swanson's got to get paid. That movie's know. terrible. Screw her. Um, um, doesn't matter. Anyway, Dylan, what are we doing next? Hey, yo, Vinny. It's time for some questions. Vinny graduated from college, guys. Woo! Right? I'm still in college. <laughs> I think Vinny started after I did and graduated before I did. But whatever. It's fine. We'll it's get there. You're a slacker. Cliff. I am such I like You're no you're in no hurry. I am in a hurry because it's expensive. And <laughs> I'm really just hoping that I can like put it off long enough that the next job I get will offer like tuition reimbursement. That's my hope and dream. We'll see. <laughs> Are you gonna like back pay? Like <laughs> Yeah, I'm like, hey, I got like twenty grand in <laughs> Um, no, no, just for, just for my last year. Uh, all right. Vinny's question. He says he stole this from another podcast. I think that's okay. I'm pretty sure that that's fine. Uh, I hope it has nothing to do with video games. It's like a gardening. I want to pretend that that Vinny listens to us and a gardening podcast. (laughs) Okay, guys, we're going to do FMK with Ted Bundy. Uh, (laughs) Uh, anyway, he said, if you could only pick two things between graphics, gameplay, and story, which would you pick? You get two. So it's like you can do something fast, you can do it well, or you can do it, I don't remember what the third one Cheap. is. Cheap. Cheap, yeah. Yeah. Graphics, gameplay, story, what do you pick? Um, we... Is that like, I, I'm going to go with gameplay, so, graphics. So here's a question. Define gameplay for me. <sighs> Solid. 
I would say <laughs> that's not a description. No, of but I think play. gameplay is. I think gameplay is how your character moves, how they feel, yeah. um, how jumping feels, how shooting feels, how okay. um, the actual like. I mean, I think gameplay is a lot about physics, but gameplay is also a lot about like animation to some degree. Um, so I mean, fluidity. Yeah, like I would say that like you could say a game like. Um, so we can say that, I mean, at least for me, like the gameplay in Jedi Fallen Order felt bad. Absolutely. But like okay. the gameplay in um, Celeste felt good. Yes. Yeah. Okay. But okay. So here's, here's, I have a question. Okay. So take Celeste as a, as an example, right? Could you say that that game, like that game had graphics, they weren't spectacular, but they were very good in like they the were good bit. for what it did. Yeah. Were, are those good graphics? Or are those bad graphics? Like if I don't, cho- if I choose gameplay and story, can I say that Celeste had serviceable graphics, but it had really good gameplay and kind of an interesting story? And that's that's kind of the weird thing because I mean, like, yeah, Minute is a two-bit game. Um, Gato Roboto is a two-bit game. So like, their graphics aren't good, but they don't look necessarily or move necessarily like a two-bit game so yeah no and and that's uh that's i think within the context of what the game is so if it's a 2d platformer you know what good graphics on a 2d platformer looks like and you know what bad graphics look like so hmm i i think i would probably still i man the problem is it really depends on the kind of game like I can play Doom, and if it's got good graphics and good gameplay, I could care less about the story. That was my perfect example. But yeah. also on like eighty percent of games, I would rather have good gameplay and good story, um, and serviceable graphics. So I, I guess. But I mean, like, look at uh, the what's that game we just beat? Not Final Fight, Streets of Rage. Yeah, you know, like, tell me the story of Streets of Rage, Cliff. You just played it. Yeah, it doesn't have one. Yeah, you beat him up. Yeah, I mean, and, but I will also and the say that games were really good. I mean, kind of. Well, they were for for that type of game. They were they were good. Okay, that's fair. Um, but at the same time, like you have to take that way within the context of what kind of game that is, oh, yeah. because yeah. there's a lot of palette swaps. There's a lot of like oh, yeah. you know, but like like the you know. But the, did that game have good but, gameplay? Because I would argue that like the we played it multiplayer and that really affected it well, on I wouldn't even say the like the slowdowns we played in it but like man the weapons in that game were trash <laughs> no on single player it felt much did better. it okay yeah I don't know I mean I think I think it would like let's say like a game like the division like I think the division had a very good story I think it had very good gameplay like it felt good to shoot things in that game um and the graphics were very good but would I have cared if the graphics were slightly worse I don't think I would have necessarily like if they're serviceable, like if I can see what I'm trying to shoot, would you have cared if the story was worse? (sighs) No, like I, I, like the story in uh, what's it called is like decent in that. I'm like, Oh, that's an interesting like idea. But like the story story of the division, like I couldn't tell you anything past like, Ooh, that's like kind of an interesting, like how the apocalypse kind of thing happens. Not like any sort of detail. I can't tell you anyone's name in that no, game. I can't. They all have names, but I don't know them. I think the thing that makes the story of the division two 
good is all the things, all the ways that the story is terrible that it makes me think about. Like, is does is is that fair? Like, I can say like, I'm like, you guys mishandled this story so badly, it made me curious about your story. <laughs> like, <laughs> but that's what I mean. Like, so that game has really good gameplay and graphics. If the graphics were, you know, slightly worse for like a thing, but then I could get a better would... story. But then it only has good gameplay. But that's what I'm saying. Like, Do you only need good gameplay to make a good game? No, I don't think so. That, yeah. That's what I'm saying. Is I want to remove some of the graphics and pump it into story. I want the story in the division to be better, and I'm willing to sacrifice graphics for that. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, There are a lot of games where I would say, make the graphics worse and give me a better story. <laughs> story. <laughs> But then, like I said, but then there are games like, I mean, Doom, where I like, I, the, the the triangle I want in that one is it's got to have good graphics and good gameplay, but also really good music. So well, and, and like, I'll say, you know, like um, with uh, Skyrim or something or, you know, Fallout, I don't really care mostly about the story. Just give me good gameplay and graphics. Oh, see, and I'm like the opposite. Like, I love those games for the story, specifically, like, the, uh, like, I like, I don't even, the funny the thing. The little stories are good. Absolutely. The, 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 like, overarching story. I can't tell care. you a thing about it. I, I literally, I have played, I put 120 hours into Skyrim. I couldn't tell you a thing about it. Like, you fight dragons. I don't know, I could, like, I don't I know. Fight Nord, a dragon. Nords are racist, I think. I don't know. It's a, it's a, that's like a, if, a class. It doesn't feel good when I swing the sword. I don't want to play oh, it. Yeah, go I'm play Morrowind. I'm turning it off. <laughs> like, try to hit those damn bird things in Morrowind <laughs> and tell me that, you know. I, uh, I just, like, I think, I think, like, Fallout, I would be willing to have it look worse I, like, I would play it on the, like, the Fallout 3 engine. I mean, I think I did, unfortunately, <laughs> um, because I like the, I, the narrative stories not so much. Like, I don't care at all. Oh, yeah. That, like, overarching my, story. I, like, I mean, in, in Fallout 3, I have put close to 250 hours into that yeah. game. I played it twice. I do not know. Wait, your father... You're looking for your father. Yeah. That's it. Yeah. That's all I know. <laughs> like, But I think that's I, the funny thing about Fallout 4 is like that game in theory has a, it has a pretty good story where, you know, you're you're in a in one of the like cryopods and they thaw you out and steal your kid and kill your husband. And I'm like, that is the most life. important thing. Uh, yeah, I guess that's true. I played it as a girl. So <laughs> um, I in theory, I should get out of that cryopod and go like, oh my god, I've got to go rescue my son. And instead, I like screwed around in the... Spoilers, doesn't matter. It does not matter. Um, I screwed around in the wasteland for 50 hours before I was like, oh right, my wow, child. So like, good. I don't know if that means that game has good a good story because I love the little narrative bits of the story so As much. As a plot hole though. Or if it's like... I don't care about the story because I don't care about the main story. So I don't in know. Red, in Red Dead Redemption 2, I was literally out just running around hunting so much that eventually, like, I woke up in my tent and the, who is the black dude in it? Oh, I thought it was Dutch uh, came and looked for you. Yeah. No, no. The black dude, like, came, like, on a horse. He's like, hey, hadn't seen you in a while. So uh, <laughs> the camp was getting kind of worried. I'm like, oh, right. Yeah, there's a story I should be doing. I guess I would I would say that uh, if I had, like, I don't, I, if I had to pick, it would depend on the game. Yeah. But there's definitely. also a lot of games that I would, I would choose less graphics in order to get better story. 
Yeah. Uh, all right, Mr. Polite has this. I like this question actually a lot. Um, he said, "What is something you enjoy doing in video games, but in real life you are not a fan of or never do? For example, if a game allows you to jump in it, I will jump from point A to point B. But it's been years since elementary school that I actually enjoyed jumping, and like I hop everywhere in video games. <laughs> do you remember in Counter Strike how like?" you could jump uh -huh. and everyone would just i mean there was bunny hopping but like everyone was just jumping i want to see that in real life <laughs> absolutely I see, like seal team six like hopping to a mission i uh i in in mass effect andromeda you have a jetpack and you can jump and jetpack up and then so you you can like leap forward and do these like big like I don't know, I'm on the surface of the moon jumps, but then you also have like a forward thrust so you can jump up and then forward thrust and jump up and forward thrust. But every time you do it, it makes this kind of like popping thrusting noise. So like me and all the people with me were just like, like everywhere we go. And I just I can imagine how ridiculous it looks, must look. These like three space people like bouncing all over this thing back to their six wheeled Mako that then they're going to drive up the side of a mountain. So I... I, I can't think of anything. I mean, I guess I guess running. Like, I really like to run in video games. I do not like to run in real life. And by like to mean can't. Um, at least not for very far. Like, have you ever been a really low-level character in a video game and you run and you haven't built your stamina up and you have to, like, bend over and pant, like, every... Say thirty feet. That's you. That's me. My my favorite thing ever is when you're playing a game like that, but you're supposed to be like I don't know a special forces soldier, <laughs> and you run like thirty feet. And you're like, <sighs> I'm like, wait, I'm not in any sort of good shape, and I can run farther than that, dude. Like that was the Fallout Five, uh, five. the expansion. Four. Oh, I'm sorry, not Fallout. Uh, Far Cry Five expansion. Far Cry, yeah. Like where you played uh, the like cop lady or guy maybe i don't remember if you choose a gender in that game yeah, but like until you put some stuff into stamina like everywhere she went she was just like <sighs> i like to think that like they're just heavy smokers <laughs> That's the problem. i'm like isn't there like some sort of test you guys have to pass every once in a while to prove that you can run more than 100 feet without passing out but I don't know. Then I saw that cop the other day at that protest who looked like a mini boss. So maybe not. It's <laughs> huge. Oh, um, I don't know. I, I like that question. I actually, I walked outside my front door the other day to go check my mail and like a girl like ran up onto my sidewalk, like so fast that I thought she was getting chased by someone. <laughs> and I like kind of look around. I'm like, is she okay? And she was just like bent over, like heaving, trying to catch a breath. I'm like, is, is someone chase is something wrong and so i like kind of walked out on the sidewalk around i'm like there's no one else out here and i mean like she's breathing so hard i'm afraid she's gonna like throw up on my sidewalk i get my mail and then i come back and walk around her and then she just takes off jogging i'm like maybe you should start with walking <laughs> i'm just gonna say like maybe don't go straight to running it, it might not be good for you so dylan is there anything you like to do besides running and jumping in video games that you don't like to do in real life is murder the answer? Yeah, it's going to shoot people in their face. <laughs> I think that's the given. So here's a question, Dylan. Have you tried it? No. Yeah. That was, that was my other question. <laughs> was, 
but it says I don't. We don't like. We don't like murder. I'm saying unless you've tried it, like you can't murder. say. <laughs> if you I don't think I'm going to say it feels good. All right. Well, maybe it would. Like there are um, specific people. Like it's a short list, Dylan. But there are a handful of people that I think I would actually feel very good about murdering. I don't like the consequences of said murder, mm-hmm. but like. Mm-hmm. In a purge-like situation? In a purge-like situation, I have a short list. That's all I'm saying. That's all I'm saying. So, <laughs> I, I... You and Nixon. You make a good... enemy list. <laughs> it's my big book of grievances. <laughs> you make a good point, Dylan. They're all super petty, too. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> I went to this tire shop, and it was closed. It said on the internet it was open until 6. I went there at 5.58, and the manager had closed. He will die in the purge. <laughs> the other day, like, do you like um, circus animal cookies? Like the little pink and yellow, like white circus animal cookies? Does it have the word cookie in the Absolutely it does. That is, then I like it. That is this month's shake at Dairy Queen. Hmm. Um, and I went the other day and because of the pandemic, they close early. And I was very disappointed when I got there <laughs> to find out that, that I could not get my shake. That Dairy Queen manager better watch he is out. so screwed. All right, next question. Princess Megan says, <laughs> we've completed the first five levels of Jumanji, a.k.a. the first five months of 2020. What do you think level six will bring? I will be honest, I don't know if I saw level six coming, but it hasn't been great. <laughs> Murder Hornet. Oh. oh. <laughs> we will see. Today I found out that there's a barber shop down the road for me that is panicked that they're going to get uh, like lit on fire because they said a bunch of not great things on the internet. I drove past. It's all boarded up. I did not expect the barber shop next to the taco place I always go to like be a maybe they're on someone's purge list. That's all I'm saying. It's not great. So um, I think it's going to be um, rhinos. Wasn't rhinos a real problem in the first Jumanji? Yeah. Yeah. Well, they weren't like a problem. They were just kind of uh, they were leading the rear. The other day uh, it ended up not being true and I was very, very disappointed that a a tiger did not escape the Cincinnati Zoo and was running around downtown Cincinnati. Uh, Robert Evans, uh, a podcaster who does uh, Behind the Bastards, if you don't listen to it, and Worst Year Ever, his podcasts are not super uplifting, I'll be honest, but they're important, um, said like, hey, just because it didn't get out of the Cincinnati Zoo doesn't mean there's not an escaped tiger. People have tigers. And I think he makes a good point. Um, But they never found it. So, you know. I... uh... I, I, you know, like level six might be that, like, I don't know, colonialist hunting guy who's just going to track us down. We each get our own. That's not great, Colby. <laughs> They're going to give Jeff Bezos a gun and just let him free in Seattle. <laughs> a blunderbuss. <laughs> yes, let's go hunting humans. For some reason, all I pictured. Is it legal? It is now. <laughs> I just pictured, what's his name, uh, from Watchmen. Um, uh, oh, the guy stuck on Adrian Veidt. Adrian Veidt. Yeah, for some reason uh-huh. he is the guy that is going to be hunting me, and I'm not. He, I he's going to win. It's very disappointing. We, we just heard about how you like running. <laughs> oh, I'm going to die. Um, he ran five feet and then he's bent over. And <laughs> I'm just, like, I just do him. it, man. <laughs> yeah. All right, Dylan. Do you have any thoughts about what uh, the sixth level of Jumanji is going to be in your particular home? I don't know. I. I assume it probably involves going back to work. Oh, bummer. 
not that I'm not working, but like actually, physically, and maybe not. Maybe it's still a while. The but. sixth level of Jumanji is just going to be you at work for eight hours wearing a mask. Yeah, it's going to be great. Yeah, it's not I'm going to stay home as long as we. Uh, my buddy and I were literally talking about that the other day. It's like, well, if you go back to work, you have to wear a mask the whole time. So I'd rather just absolutely. Stay home. So the, the, there's no there's no rush. Even though like I want to get back to work, yeah. but the worst thing I'm finding searching for jobs is the number of jobs that are like, "Hey, this job's remote." I'm like, "Sweet, I love remote jobs. That's great." And then you like go into apply. They're like, "Well, it's just remote right now. Eventually, you're gonna have to move to Pittsburgh." I'm like, <laughs> "I don't want to move to Pittsburgh. That sounds awful." Nothing against Pittsburgh yeah, for right you here. folks who live there. It's just you know, like I don't live there, so you don't like moving either. Oh, I don't like moving. I hate moving. All right. So last question from our good friend Vicky. Um, I don't know. Hopefully, you guys saw this before now. <laughs> because it was a it was a hard question but i think actually maybe the framing of the question actually is uh the the important part maybe uh so she says who is your favorite black video game creator your favorite game made by black creators and so i got that question i'm like well i'm sure this is easy right there's got to be some video game that i've loved made uh by black people and um did you think that, Cliff? I, I kind of because I immediately saw that and went like, "Yeah, no, I, I, there's probably like, I don't know, three games." Well, and, and 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 I'm like, you know, I'm like, I don't know one offhand, but I'm sure if I go do a little bit of research or if I can, you know, do a little bit of something, maybe, you know, I'm sure there's one that I've I've done that that was made by them. And so I I pulled up, I did a little search, and I pulled up the top 100 game creators uh, off IGN. I'm like, I'm sure there is somewhere on here who is black and, and who made a video game that I played and I liked. And I looked through the entire thing and out of the top 100 video game creators on the iGen list, they were all either white or Asian. Indie. So, oh. bummer. Was there even like one that was like an indie? No, there was not. <laughs> and so I started searching around the internet and um, even like I found a Quora link and I'll put all these in our show notes. I found a, a Quora link of like, hey, who who do you guys know that that is black and works in the game industry and people that work in the game industry were like oh hey like i've worked in the video game industry for 18 years and i know these three guys <laughs> so that's not great um when you when you figure that like i don't know what roughly 20 percent of people that live in the united states uh are uh african-american or black and that there are none of them in the video game industry that that points to some systemic problems and maybe the hiring process um something that maybe could be addressed i did find uh blackgamedevs.com that lists a bunch of them uh, and it is a lot of smaller indie related yeah. games so maybe go to blackgamedevs.com and pick up a couple games and see what's out there that you like um i did after a more thinking than I would have liked did realize that uh, one of the guys I follow on Twitter is a game dev. I have played, he is the, uh, did a lot of the narrative work and direction for Hypnospace Outlaw. Um, he's currently doing uh, an airport for aliens currently run by dogs. If you've heard about that game, it looks really interesting. He's the narrative director on Space uh, Skate Burb, the bird skating game that I was a, a pre-purchaser on. Um, his name, I think... I'm going to say it's Zalavier Nelson, X-A-L-A-V-I-E-R. Is that how you would pronounce that? I don't see it. It's the first link in the show notes there. It's uh, Rit Nelson. Oh, okay. For some reason, I read that as 
Major Nelson. Different like. different character. Major Nelson is very white. Like he might be the whitest guy I've ever met. Uh, do you think that's Zalavier? Zalavier? I don't know. I, I, don't, I don't know either. Uh, asking me how to pronounce words is bad. Is, yeah. uh, anyways, him, Nelson Jr., he's at Rit Nelson, W-R-I-T Nelson on Twitter. He's really interesting. He's a really good Twitter follower. Um, he just actually did a big um, presentation at uh, Naricon, the like uh, narrative um, uh, convention for game writers. Uh, really interesting guy. And Skateburb looks absolutely awesome. And so does... Uh, an, uh, airport for aliens currently run by dogs like that game just looks goofy and strange and like it'll be a lot of fun so uh follow him on twitter and then like i was saying maybe maybe go to blackgamedevs.com and see uh what other games that you might enjoy that you have never heard of i wonder if there's any way i can like take that and like just hold it up against my steam list and say somewhere some games have to overlap i've got a thousand steam games and i don't know uh but i am gonna put a bunch of links in uh in our show notes that have some list of some twitter accounts and uh and some different stuff so you can maybe that maybe we can make it so there are more than the three that that one guy had run across in 18 years it might not be bad um one of the guys that did a lot of the work with tomb raider he works for um wasn't there a guy who did, is he the same one that did the stuff for Cyberpunk? Uh, I, no. So the guy who actually created the Cyberpunk board game, I believe, or not board game, um, the, the RPG, Black yeah, is. That was my answer. Yeah, is Black. So, so, so there's that, um, and he's been involved with Cyberpunk 2077. I think he's actually like an executive producer on it. Um, and I believe he's one of, kind of like a consulting. Yeah. Guy. And he has worked in video yep, games. So. Absolutely. Uh, um, and uh, one of the guys that is like, I think, an executive producer at Crystal Dynamics, who's done a lot of work on Tomb Raider. Um, I don't know his name offhand, unfortunately, uh, is is also African-American. So they're 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 there if you look hard enough. But man, did I have to look really, really hard. It was it was disappointing. But thanks, Vicky, for uh, for adding that question, because I think there's a lot of good discussion to be had around that. So uh, check out those lists. Like I said, I'll post them in the show notes. Uh, we're going to talk about some cheap free games. Um, the first one we're going to talk about is kind of weird, and it's it's a little outside my wheelhouse. Have you played any of the Total War games, Dylan? They seem like they might be maybe something you've I've looked at. I've played Total War Warhammer. That's right. I remember you played those. So It is the best one. It's the best one because it's full of orcs. and Yeah, it's not just a bunch of humans fighting a bunch of other humans with roughly the same kind of weapons. <laughs> and, and we realize if you look back through human history, like most people kind of came up with the same things yeah. so most wars are really if you add dragons and orcs and giant spiders it's pretty orcs. cool yeah most wars are really just like a bunch of poor people beating the crap out of each other with the same weapons it's not not great but if you would like to see a bunch of people beat the crap out of each other in medieval greece if that's your your thing uh total war saga troy is going to come out it's going to come out in july so I'll, i will definitely uh like surfaces again when we get a little bit closer but for the very first day it's released so just that one day uh it will be free on the epic store and then after that you'll have to pay for it but there will be a single day where you can get that game for free on the epic store so if you've ever wanted to try a total war game and didn't want to pay for it because maybe it seems like it's a little bit outside of your wheelhouse like you said like if you were going to play uh satisfactory like you might not be into a factory that makes factories even though that's not what the game's about but that's fine but yo dog but for, <laughs> like factories. it's a factory that makes factories um 
but if you'd like to try one of the Total War games and you don't want to pay for it, that's a, a way you can get it for free. Like I said, I think it's like July, I want to say July 17th or somewhere around there. So when we get to like episode, say, I don't know, it'll probably be, oh, I'm sorry, actually August 13th. So it's a ways away. So think of like episode 91 will we'll bring that one back up. Um, 191? 191. Thank you, Colby. When we and we'll also be able to answer the question about what is level six of Jumanji. Absolutely, we'll be able to. We'll be able to answer level seven. It's it's going to be those uh, the squids falling from the sky oh, in Watchmen, probably. But level eight's the. Fr- well, you know. I'm going to recommend. Shoot, is that a spoiler? Well, it is now that you've said that. <sighs> Shoot, I'll, I'll, uh, I'll, I'll. It's not I'll, really that much of a spoiler. I'll edit that. Uh, moral of the story is: if you haven't watched Watchmen, if you have not watched The Watchmen on HBO, it's very good. It's very good. I like that a lot. Um, the Boys is also very good. Colby's been trying to get me to watch that for I like tell, three I months. I'm two episodes in. I'm enjoying it a lot. So, uh, all right. Next up, free games on the Epic Game Store. Um, Sludge Life is a new game that. That's uh, what I'm living. Now. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, is a new game that uh, came out last week and it appears that it just launched for free. Like it is absolutely not a like timed free game. It's just free forever. Um, Sludge Life is described on the Epic Store as... Oh, come on. I know. It's it's ages 18 plus. A first-person open-world vandalism-centric stroll through a polluted island full of cranky idiots and a vibe so thick you can taste it. Plays an upcoming tagger ghost set on staking their claim among the graffiti elite. Um, I've heard if you like... I'm going to say a certain kind of game. I, I don't even know what that kind of game is, but things are a little bit janky. Things are a little bit weird. Uh, you'll probably enjoy Sludge Life. So check that out. It is absolutely free on the Epic Store. Um, apparently that is, it's only free through, oh, maybe, shoot. I'm lying to everyone. It was only free if you got it before March 20, or May 28th. So you have to pay that for it now or travel back in time to like three days ago. But I got it for free. Um, it's 15 bucks now. So check out Sludge Life because they gave it away for a while. And man, wasn't that nice of them? That was. Sorry. All right. Uh, the other game they're giving away this week is Ark Survival Un- Evolved. So if you've never played Ark before, it is going to be free on Epic. Um, I think it's also free on Game Pass, actually, if you want to try survival games with dinosaurs i played about two hours of it and it's uh i really want to play it it's a video game i'll play it with you it's weird it's it's like not a game i can really play in front of my kid sure you can yeah i don't think so isn't it pretty violent i mean i don't know if it's any more violent than the hunting game that you're playing in front of your kid. I, <laughs> I tell her that I am putting, the, I'm tranquilizing the deer oh. and then you tag them and let them go. Yeah. I mean, I would, kids are dumb. I would guess to them is easy. The game. I would guess at some point in time, like arc maybe gets that way, but I mean, you're going to get killed by dinosaurs way more than you're going to kill dinosaurs. I promise you that. Yeah, maybe I'll download it and check yeah, it out. It, it was. I've always wanted to do it, but I, I just never had. It was interesting, but I think it's definitely a game that would benefit from playing with people. Um, just even because you need the resources and stuff. So I will figure out how to do it without playing with people. Quick. All right. Well, I mean, but do you understand how much I hate but people? I'm a people. I suppose that's yeah. true. All right, Twitch Prime uh, this month is giving away Observer. Um, which is kind of a horror game. I think it's from the Bloober team, which is supposed to be pretty good. Um, Forsaken Remastered, uh, Stell Rats, 
what is what is Forsaken? Remastered? Right, I was actually asking that same question because in my head I was thinking Forsaken is oh my god. Okay, so story, uh, like. Oh, I recognize this like right away. Right? If, if you if you read PC Gamer in the '90s, you know what Forsaken Remastered is. Absolutely. So, um, for those of you that are old, in like 1996, computers did not come like you didn't have a video card for your computer. Like you hoped that you had like a fast enough processor to handle both the processing of your video games and the um, video effects of your video game. And then uh, probably in like, I don't remember exactly, but let's say 1998, just to pick a a year, they started releasing like the Voodoo 2 cards and uh, these other like discrete graphics cards that you could plug into your computer. And, uh, you know, they had like 16 megabytes of RAM on them. Like it was, it was pretty crazy stuff. And so I bought a, probably a Voodoo 2, I think is what I had. And it came with this game called Forsaken. And I'm going to talk about an even older game called Descent that Forsaken was about. And, and like the, the idea of both of them is you were a spaceship flying through like tunnels, but you had six degrees of motion. So you could go up and down and, and left and right and had like 360 degrees of movement, which at the time was relatively um, like it didn't happen a lot. Like it, you, you were, I mean, even like Doom at that time, which was kind of a, a contemporary of Descent. Like <clears throat> that was just straight. Yeah, it, you had strafing left and right. Um, the models weren't even 3D. Like you know, yeah. and so so Descent was a pretty big deal. And then when Forsaken came out, Forsaken was like Descent, but gorgeous. It was beautiful. It had like for the first time you could have like particle effects in a game. Um, but this is a video game that I guarantee you was made exclusively to show off what a video card could do. And I got it home and was so excited to play this game, loaded into my computer, put my graphics card in and started playing this game. And it was incredible. And I played it for like an hour and a half straight and just like stood up from my chair and said, Oh my God, that game was so amazing. And I got a migraine so fast, like it hit me so hard upon standing up that I almost threw up. And I like literally like stumbled through my kitchen, told my wife, like, I'm so sorry. There's something horribly horrifying wrong. And I took like a handful of Advil and then went to sleep and slept for the next 18 hours. So that is the game that you can get for free this month, but the remastered version. So it's even probably prettier free on Twitch prime. If you have Amazon uh, prime, you can get this game for free via Twitch. Did I sell it correctly? Yes. Okay, perfect. I'm glad I'm glad that we uh I'm glad that we got there. Okay, so uh in addition to Forsaken, I've lost my show notes. There they are. Uh, you can get Stell Rats, um The Flame and the Flood, which is a really cool like survival game where you're on a raft and trying to make your way through kind of a post-apocalyptic um everything. It's good. It's a lot of fun. Uh it's got a great soundtrack too and a game called Project Warlock. So, those are your free Twitch Prime games for uh, the sixth month of Jumanji. All right. <clears throat> we don't do Troll Corner very often. Um, we're going to do it today. It's for a game called Trackmania. Now, I have you. Is Trackmania something you're familiar with? Because I think it's an old it game. It sounds really familiar. Yeah, I think it's an old game. 
that uh, they're like remaking or something. So here's the original story, all right? Ubisoft announced, this is from PC Gamer, announced a somewhat unusual pricing scheme for the upcoming Trackmania Nations reboot last week. The base game will be free, but full access to the track editor, which is a major part of Trackmania's appeal, costs $10 per year. Per year. While full-on club access, which includes admission to special racing leagues, exclusive skins, and that sort of thing, is $30 per year. So everyone was like, well, it's a subscription, right? Like, so it's $10 per year. It's a subscription. And Ubisoft is like, no, 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 no. Um, actually, it's not a subscription model, but an access to the game for a limited time. You pay for having access to the game for one period, and that's it, a Ubisoft representative said. When the time's over, you have to buy the game again for the time that you want to access it again. <laughs> and everyone said you mean like a subscription and they're like no 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 like you bought a game and then we took that game away from you and you buy that game again except you keep your progression and they're like oh you mean like a subscription and they're like no 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 no. maybe we're saying it wrong anyway after people had that discussion on the internet for a while um, the managing director of this game said, in Trackmania, you will keep the 100 official plus 365 tracks of the day of, of the game after your yearly access, and it's more related to traditional offline gaming content. The question is that for online games that can benefit from years of support, what is the best model for each game? He says that in his opinion, $10 for a year of the service and the opportunity to pay for $10 for another year or not, if you don't want to, makes more sense than playing full price for a game that many people won't pay for a year anyway. <laughs> like a subscription? He added that whether or not it's a subscription or not is not really the point. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> Ubisoft does... Was it such a bad thing just to have a subscription? <laughs> Call it a season pass. Call it a yearly. But I mean, I guess, I guess the difference between this and a season pass is when you, when your season passes up, you still get to keep your game. <laughs> so, I don't know, man. I don't, I don't get it. But it seems like the weirdest argument of semantics I've literally ever heard. <laughs> Good on you, Ubisoft. <laughs> you did it. So confused. <laughs> All right, you guys got anything else before we wrap this puppy up? Uh, no, I'm kidding. <laughs> <laughs> All right. You can follow us on the internet at Bite Me Pot. Have you heard of the internet? It's cool. There's so much stuff out there. Go to Twitter. It's great. Anyway. I'm on there now. <laughs> BiteMePodcast.com. You can follow us there. You can follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at BiteMePodcast. Uh, if you'd like to be in our Discord, you could go to BiteMePodcast.com slash Discord. Maybe this week I'll actually build a page that will have some sort of information there about how you could join our Discord. But maybe I won't. We'll see. Sometimes things happen. Sometimes things don't. Um, you may not be aware of it, man. When you're unemployed, time ceases to matter or exist. I'm shocked that I remember today's even Wednesday. Wednesday. Uh, I think that's everything though. Dylan, why don't you uh why don't you lead us out, sir? Bite me. You know, Dylan, you are so good at that. Do you practice? I don't. Oh, it's amazing. Bite me.
I'm trying to see my hour count in the hunter. God. It's got to be over 100 now. Maybe not. I've been kind of busy. You've got a problem, man. By busy, I mean I've been rage tweeting. <laughs> my tweets, have, my my Twitter usage has been like, open Twitter, get super super <laughs> angry, close Twitter, and go like I got to do something else, and then like working for about three minutes, and then opening Twitter again and getting really really angry. <laughs> I'm at ninety two hours. So. Good lord, that's uh, is the is impressive the word I want to use for that? Mm-hmm. I wonder how many hours I'm at on Mass Effect. Uh, oh, this is not the right app for that. The Game Pass app will not tell me how many hours I'm at on Mass Effect. It only does that with some games, and I don't... Right, there's like no rhyme or reason. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I think it's dumb that like you can't just find it. You have to like like look at your achievements, achievements and then yeah. see make any sense okay so mass effect andromeda i have played 28 hours i have one friend who've played more and it's the mad chicken i don't know who that is that might be a friend of my dan good old dan yeah i don't know the game i'm i'm 28 hours is 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 good all right <clears throat> you guys ready Yo, <laughs> yo, yo, yo! Are we recording? Can we I all think confirm? So. Yep. I see Big it. It's recording. Red recording. <clears throat> like all. You should drink some milk. That'll help. I, I just had coffee, and I think it made it worse. Honestly, I actually read a thing like about what um, podcasters do to like rep their voice before they podcast and like first I of all Arby's. yeah I've never thought about that enough but one guy was like I always eat an apple first because like this the the apple and the like the juices and the the acidity and whatever just like I'm like did you right. punch that person immediately mm. it was on Facebook what do you do did you find them and punch them immediately no seems like a lot of work. that person needs a punching right right I guess we should just be happy that our internet's up apparently Comcast is like down everywhere including Seattle and Utah <laughs> so <laughs> I will think happy thoughts <clears throat> all right here we go